Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. All this week, we've been looking at a psalm, and in this particular case, it's the first psalm, Psalm 1, that kind of explains how the world works. You know, if you were with me on Monday in Mary Alice, you know that we said we were going to do Psalm 1 and 2, but then we got so much into Psalm 1, we just decided, okay, this whole week is about Psalm 1. Psalm 2, we'll get to sometime. Psalm 2 talks about looking at the world and how the world works. Psalm 1 is about us inside our head keeping happy, keeping sound, keeping healthy as we look at the world around us. And so already on Monday we said, well, there are some things that the happy person doesn't do. Um, we don't live our lives in the advice of the ungodly, those who live as though there's no God. And then we don't get stubborn about sin. And then the third thing, we don't judge or mock others. And then there are things that we do. We looked at that on Tuesday. We delight in the laws of God, knowing that they're for His glory and our good. And we meditate on them day and night. We start thinking about how to apply it to our life and what needs to change in our life. And then yesterday, there's enormous promises that we have for a person who will live this way. We'll be like trees planted by the water. We won't be dependent on circumstances. We're not like a tree by the water. It doesn't have to worry about whether it rains or not because it's right there by the source. And then that wonderful promise at the end, whatever we do prospers. But today we're going to look at verse 4 because it really addresses something that a lot of God followers are really concerned about today. And I think what we're going to be talking about today is a problem that a lot of God followers have that kind of just knocks them out of the game hmm. of, of, of being productive. And that is, how do we deal with it when the world around us is so wicked? And when those that are wicked seem to have the power. And we're, we're living in a world that Isaiah describes, I believe in Isaiah chapter 5, when he says, uh, judgment upon those who say that good is evil and evil is good. You know, And that's where we are today. Because if you have a biblical view of things like sexuality or gender, you can just go up and down the list, a biblical view of how the world got here and how we got here. Well, you're seen as an evil person. On the other hand, you can be as perverted as anyone can imagine, and that's good. Well, we live in that world, and we're watching it day by day get, get worse and worse. And, and, and for, for you and me, I know we believe there's a prophetic aspect to that. We know there is. We know we're in the last days. The world's headed for the tribulation. Actually, I'm going to be doing a series leading up to Easter called Clash of Dynasties Three: the Easter prophecy. We're going to be talking about prophecy leading up to Easter. But the reason why the world is as it is right now is that we are getting closer to the end time and Satan is ramping up his activity in the world. But it can be a real challenge for God followers when we read the news in the morning or we, you know, check out what's going on on, on Facebook in the world. And, or, uh, you know, some of us will watch cable news and, and it's just like every day it gets darker, darker, and darker. And it feels like those are the people that are in power. It does. Yeah. Well, that's why verse 4 is so important, Alice, because we just read all these promises about being trees planted by the riverbank and bearing fruit in every season of life and leaves never withering. Whatever we do, prosper. And yet we look at the world and it's so wicked. Okay, verse 4. Look at this. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. You know, Mary Alice, I just am so intrigued by the language here because... The idea is those that are against God are going to get blown away like, mm -hmm. like leaves or like husks of, of grain 
and yet it doesn't feel like they're getting blown away. It feels like they're entrenched in power. What do you think about that? I think it can be a discouraging time for us as God followers to, if we if we get our eyes on uh, that situation that we're in, where we feel overwhelmed and outnumbered. Well, you know, the wicked seem to be so uh, loud. They do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like we're in power. We're in power. Well, and they and they want to force us to be silent. They try to right. silence us every way they can. <laughs> That's right. It's so important for us to see them through the eyes of God, mm-hmm. because God. There's a verse, and actually we'll see this in Psalm 2, because we're getting pretty close to the meaning of Psalm 2 right now. The Bible says the person who sits in heaven laughs. Mm-hmm. You know, all this loud talk that we see from the wicked, uh, the Bible says God just laughs at that, and in his mind they're like chaff. Now, chaff there would be like the the paper-thin husk of a piece of, you know, of a, a seed of grain. And, you know, back in threshing in those days, they didn't have threshing machines like we have. They would, they would toss it up and let the wind mm-hmm. hit it, and the seed would be heavy enough to come and hit the ground. You know, the grain would be heavy enough to hit the ground, and then that, that uh, paper husk would just blow away. Mm-hmm. And when God looks at the wicked, that's how he sees them. Yeah, to me, that's important. Well, someone will say, well, I, I don't feel that today. You know, this is another psalm, and, and we'll maybe talk about this on Noah's Wind. I think we actually have in the past, but there was a time when David was discouraged because of what we're discussing. You know, mm-hmm. he said, it looks like the wicked people have all the power and the godly mm-hmm. people have nothing but trouble. And David got so discouraged, he said, um, maybe I've lived for God in vain. And then, you know, as distraught as he was, the Bible says, David said, I went to the temple and I saw what's going to happen to those people. And I realized all the promises that I have. And he said, God, I'm going to, like Job, I'm just going to put my hand over my mouth and be quiet. It is important for us to see that. But, but notice this. The Bible says they will be condemned at the time of judgment. So in other words, there will be a time when God straightens all this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it will be at the time of the judgment. Okay, Morales, I know you love talking about heaven because every time I preach on that, that's your that's your favorite series. <clears throat> the Bible says sinners will have no place among the godly. And there's coming a day when those who love God will be in the majority. That's true, and that's something to look forward to. I do want to uh, stop and say, when it says sinners will have no place among the godly, of course, we know we're all sinners, right? But um, when we after the time of judgment, we have to understand here that we're entering again we're entering heaven not because we're not we've never done wrong but because of what jesus did for us so yeah that's a really important uh, you know and and here's the thing you know Mary Alice, you're always so big about it interpreting the bible by the bible mm-hmm. and this is one time where we really need to do that because <clears throat> verse one has reminded us about people that stand stubbornly in the way of sin so when the Bible talks about sinners, it's not talking about all of us who are sinners. It's talking about that person who stubbornly refuses to... The, those have, who have rejected God. Those who have rejected those God. Those who have rejected God. And, and, you know, one of the things we talked about in a lot of the groups I've been in is if we... It's, it's, it's kind of hard for us to conceptualize this a little bit. But I think there's such a, a pop culture about heaven that, um, that God's just kind of smile and nod and, and we're just... Everybody's coming in. But I want you to think about something. If um, what we look to is heaven being a perfect place of peace and harmony and presence with God and, and peace with each other and, and 
part of what makes heaven heaven is the absence of sin. Yeah. And and if there were uh, small enough sins that it wouldn't matter that God would let them into heaven, it would no longer be heaven. It would turn out to be just like the earth. So yeah. we we have to understand that once we are in heaven, that we will no longer have the consequences of the sinners being part of that world and that culture. Well, that's a great thought, Mary Allison. You know, for me, I, I look forward to the day where I won't have sin anymore. Thank you. Because, you know, my own sin is what makes me unhappy. We, we'll be delivered of our depravity. <laughs> you know, through the years, and, you know, you've been there. After I would speak at a conference or something, people would be lined up to ask me questions about the Bible, even things I didn't talk about that night. But, you know, one of the questions I've answered the most is, well, I'm, well I know my loved ones in heaven. And of course we will. We know that. Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that someday. But there are a lot of places in the Bible where we know we'll know our loved ones because we see people after they're in heaven and they still keep their identity. But I've always said the person in heaven I'm going to have the hardest time recognizing is me because I've never seen me without sin. You know, I've never seen me without anxiety. I've never seen me without, you know, just all the little besetting sins that I have. It's going to be wonderful to be in heaven. and be. But, but again... It's important for us to recognize that God is saying the wicked who absolutely refuse, refuse to God. accept him will not be there. And I can't remember who this famous writer or theologian or I, I think I know who it was, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna guess because I'll get it wrong. I wanna say it's C.S. Lewis, but it might have been somebody else, who said that the people in heaven will be those who have said, Your will be done. Mm. And for those who reject God, uh, they'll be in hell because God says, Your will be done. You know, oh, that's a great illustration. That's a good thought. Yeah. So maybe if you can remember who said that, you can send it to us <laughs> on those window. We always love hearing from you. Well, for those of us who are discouraged from watching the news today, you remember that we need to see the wicked wickedness in general the way God sees it. It's not it's not set in concrete. It's chaff that the wind will mm -hmm. blow away someday. And there's another time coming. There's another time where coming. God's gonna Hold them accountable. Well, we need encouragement, especially in these dark days. So, Ralph, would you pray for us today? Absolutely. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we do live in a time where it seems the wicked are in power, and we know the evil one is is doing so much, Father, to cause harm and distress and difficulty and all the horrible things that he does. And, Father, we just want to be reminded and be encouraged knowing that you are more powerful than him. You are more yes. powerful than anyone who's exerting power over us right now and that that day of judgment is coming and we father we just we want to remember that we are the redeemed ones we are sinners saved by the blood of jesus christ and yes. for that we are so thankful and while we're still here on this earth i pray that you'd help us to be light shining in a dark place to reach others so that they can leave that kingdom of darkness that they might be in right now and join us in following you and and um applying the blood of Jesus to their lives as well. Help us to be light shining the gospel in this dark world, but help us to be comforted and encouraged and even happy to know that you have a day coming when those that seem to be in power will no longer be in power because you'll be ruling. And what yes, a day Lord. that will be when Jesus is ruling and reigning. And we won't have the problems that we have today because you'll remedy all of those issues when you uh, deliver us from the evil one and you take over. And we're looking forward to that, Father. May that time be soon. In the meantime, while we're here, Father, for each and every person and each and every family watching listening to Noah's Window, I just pray that you would remind us and comfort our hearts, encourage our hearts and our lives to remember who's the most powerful in uh, the eternity that lies ahead of us and not get so discouraged mm -hmm. and overwhelmed by yes. the problems of today. 
And as we do walk through this life, may we seek your will and may we meditate on your word so that you could guide us through these days, that we could have happiness in spite of the gloom that surrounds us. I pray that you would provide what needs to be provided, Father, whether it's comfort and peace to those who have lost loved ones or healing or finances or just wisdom for decisions, whatever is the challenge of the day. I pray that you'd be with each and every person watching or listening. I pray that you'd wrap your arms of love around them, draw them close to you. May they know and feel your presence as you carry us through these days. And may we always uh, be quick to look forward to those times that um, you'll be in charge. We're going to thank you for all the things that you are doing and give you all the praise and the glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Thanks for joining us today on Noah's Window. We got one more day to talk about Psalm 1. Mary Allison, I'll be back tomorrow to talk about just a wonderful theme that just sort of sums all this up. How to be happy. And uh, we're glad you joined us on Noah's Window. We always love hearing from you. You know, uh, I'm Mary Allison in our dining room and I can look out the window and see our mailbox. We love to go out to the mailbox and see what's in the, in the mail. But we especially love seeing what you have to say. So if you have a prayer request or just something that's on your mind or something you'd like to share with us, we love that. And Morales and I share that as we read the Bible early in the mornings, a lot of times 5.30 in the morning, you know, we'll read what you have to say. And so thanks for being our next door neighbor. We'll see you tomorrow.